I'm your host, Sasha Gray. And I'm another host, David Guy Levy. And uh, I gotta say, I'm pretty fucking excited. Our guest this week is none other than Dave Foley. Dave Hi. Foley? Hi, everybody. David, Let's... stop saying people's names like that. Dave <laughs> Foley. Hi. Oh, so you're Sasha and you're David. I had it, I had <laughs> oh, it backwards. I yeah. was confused. Yeah, people are often confused. I know. Have we started? Is this is yes, this is the show. Lady. Well, welcome, well, Dave. well, you know, Sash and I are both former uh, HBO stars. Uh, yes. So we have that in common. Um, and we both, yeah, we both have had to hang out with Jeremy Piven. So this week we have uh, uh, Sandra working on Sasha. Uh-huh. Ar- Ariana's working on me, and you have Marcia. Hello. Okay. Hi. 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 Hi, Marcia. So hi. I'm feeling really erect, so you can just get in there. Maybe more of a vacuum neck. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and head. What did you say? I'm a wreck, so oh, she's okay. going to give That's me a deep then. tissue. <laughs> uh, otherwise, I was. Uh, I thought you were being horribly inappropriate right off the right off the I'm, bat. I'm erect. Yeah. That's I'm not so right. Hilarious. How are you? Super horny. Is there anything you got for super horny? We're not one of those Filipino sex slave houses. Come on. <laughs> Oh, so Jeremy Piven, what did you work with Jeremy Piven? I've never worked with Jeremy Piven. I've had a lot of friends who worked with Jeremy Piven. I've I've been at parties with Jeremy Piven. That's about it. That's the extent, that's the extent of my my Sa- Pivenation. Sasha, you've worked with him twice. You have. I did actually back to back. It was um Well, that's the best way to work with Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> he can't he can't he can't reach you that way. <laughs> <laughs> you worked on uh, I Melt with you? And, yeah. Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, Sasha did. Yeah. <laughs> that was right after Entourage. But you've worked on everything under the sun, David. Yeah. Dave or David? Do you with Dave? I go with you Dave. Dave? I was, you you know, Dave? All my my friends all call me Dave, and right. uh, and um, my mother called me David, but she's dead. No. <laughs> so I'm just saying, Thank maybe calling me God. David isn't healthy. <laughs> Noted. Uh, Noted. Uh, obviously. Uh, Probably your most notorious uh, credit is is your tenure with the kids in the hall. Yeah, but I mean you've done everything under the sun, so there's no need to really go over it. But how would you like the world? We always like people to introduce themselves. You know, like how did, would you tell the listeners at home who you are? Um, well, I would still say first and foremost, a, a kid in the hall is you know, um, and then and then uh, almost equal would be you know. Uh, the guy from news radio and uh and there are increasingly few people that remember either of those shows so uh, then i have to say oh i was also in uh um on hot in cleveland <laughs> yep hot in cleveland yeah. so you're just going uh and, I, then, <laughs> and then people go no nope. people go nope 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 go, okay a monkey bone nope no i haven't seen that uh, Blast from the Past is usually where people go, that's oh, yeah, that's one. the one. That's one of the greatest. Yeah. Uh, Bugs sure Life. Bugs, Bugs Life. Life. Yeah, but, yeah. Why do I know your voice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. Mm-hmm. I, get, I get a lot of people going, I thought it was you, then I heard you talk, and then I knew it was you because I felt irritated. <laughs> <laughs> so do you live in L.A.? I do. I live downtown. Oh, cool. Because I'm very swinging. It's a very popular, mm-hmm. cool, hip. Oh, I know. I have a red velvet jacket. That's how cool I am. Yeah. Smoking jacket. 
This might make you sound old and make you, it's a horrible thing to say, like, I grew up on your work. No, this makes me sound old. How are you doing, son? (laughs) That makes me sound old. But, like, you know, in the 90s when I was a teenager, this this was my favorite thing on earth was the kids in the hall. So, like. Yeah. And and it still is. I mean, it's not the love for it's not disappeared. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the love has remained. It's one of those things, you know, that I think, like Uh, Monty Python, you're up there. Yeah, well, it's something we're all really proud of. I mean, we still keep doing stuff together. You know, it's like um, we've we've actually just the last uh, few months we've been out doing uh, some live live gigs together, playing theaters around uh, the U.S. Oh, cool! I remember when you started doing that. Was it about ten years ago? Ten or uh, two thousand? We started doing yeah. live shows together again, we and I was like it. one of the first ticket buyers. Yeah, two thousand was fantastic because we we had uh, stopped talking to each other for five years. <laughs> and uh, like after we made brain candy, or actually during making brain candy, we weren't talking to a, each other. Was it an experience, really, or were you just? Oh, it's horrible. Uh, no, I had actually quit the troupe before we made brain candy. I quit in the middle of writing it. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, you, you gotta just, go into. Do you that. feel like talking yeah. about it? Or oh no? sure, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if we're all friends again, then you know, no, we're all water friends, under yeah. the bridge. Yeah, but it was just like you know we'd been working nonstop for about ten years and. And uh, the show ended, and we were working on Brain Candy. We couldn't agree with uh, to anything on Brain Candy. Literally, we were, like we were writing the script for over a year, and we were we still didn't have a second or third act because we just <laughs> were fighting over everything. And at a certain point during the writing, I got into a fight with Scott Thompson, and uh, just sort of stood up and said, "Hey, you know what, guys? It's been a great ten years, but I'm going." And I walked out and uh, and uh, had quit the troupe and. Uh, and thought I wouldn't have to be in Brain Candy, but then because uh, I didn't think it was going to get made. Um, <laughs> but then we made Brain Candy at a time when was most, it awkward showing up that first we day? We, yeah, where we weren't we weren't talking to each other. Like there's a there's a great scene in a uh, Christmas scene with Scott and I, um, where it's uh, we play uh, Scott plays my mother and I'm her son comes to visit her at Christmas, and that scene wasn't really written on the way to set. Scott and I wrote it in the van at a time when we weren't talking to each other as people, but we wrote the entire scene, blocked it out, went in and shot the scene, and then uh, got back in the van at the end of the day and didn't talk to each other all the way home. Wow. Yeah. It was a weird time. Great movie, though. Are you proud of the final product? I'm happy with it now, yeah, at the time, uh, you know. Well, I mean, it's such an alternative way to, to, to make a comedy movie that... I think you have to appreciate it, not for like any box office success or, or critics well, who are looking that. for that. No. But like if the critics are looking for you to do things by the numbers, they're not going to you know support no. it. But it's a movie that if you pop on today still holds up as hilarious. And yeah, well, we uh, yeah we did our first feature with no uh, no hit characters in it, and and it was all about depression. <laughs> oh, pardon me, I'm getting massaged. <laughs> Yeah, Ariana. Whenever you work mm-hmm. on my rectors, uh, those those <laughs> are muscles. Those are muscles, you children. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, they're really great. I should caution you, Mar- Marcia. Is it? Mm-hmm. No. A- as you touch my <sighs> body, you're going to experience feelings. <laughs> no, and I don't want you to feel alarmed or threatened or <laughs> frightened. Uh, these are natural feelings that you're going to go through. <laughs> Uh, just know that I'm here for you. <laughs> and if you need to talk it out at any point, just let me know. Oh. Just breathe. I'm trying. 
so well, they work on your body. Let's work on your mind. Is there anything bothering you that you want to talk about and work out with us? Uh, <laughs> bothering me? Um, gosh, bi- mind, body, and soul, man. Uh, I can't think of too much. Um, Very good, because I was not really ready to... To really delve? To delve. <laughs> yeah. So that was an empty gesture on your part. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what, what Marcy is doing right now, but... <laughs> It's only legal in 48 states. Right. <laughs> Not in Alabama. <sighs> mm. And I hear you. Now, you guys. Now, what was I missed something. <laughs> Everyone just kind of made weird noises at the same uh, time. You found that ball of sadness in my shoulder blade, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when's the last time you, you got a massage, Dave? Oh, my God. It's been a long time. Um, I've never, I haven't had many, I never had a massage until I was in my 30s. Really? First massage I ever had was on the set of, uh, From the Earth to the Moon in Florida. Because I I played Al Bean, the fourth man on the moon. And this is like this Tom Hanks series about the Apollo missions. Wow. And we had to wear these, uh, space suits a lot. And, uh, unlike the actual, uh, astronauts, our space suits were not fitted to us. (laughs) Of course. So mine are. was about two inches too short for me. <laughs> oh, God. So the whole day my spine was being compressed by about two inches. Oh. But they had, they had um, you know, massage therapists <laughs> on set for that reason. I you like know. that. They could, you know, put money into a masseuse, but not into getting your costume so tell- right. Yeah. yeah. Tell- well, yeah, yeah. Suits were very expensive. And, uh, like, they were really very... And they was, and the suits also we were when we were, did like the lunar landing lunar walks and stuff, uh, we were actually sealed into our suits. Or, wow! Uh, oh wow! Um, so How? That, so you were miserable the whole time. Yeah. So the only we had our only source of air was from our backpack, and uh, and I know I was doing a, some scenes where we were shooting on the lunar surface, and I kept going, I don't think I'm getting any air in my suit. I don't think there's any air. And my, my, my visor would fog up as soon as they would close it. Like immediately, it would just be like like just condensation running down the visor. And, but the suit tech guys who are, you know, macho suit tech guys, uh, they go, that's ah, fine, everything's good. Yeah, fucking gay actor, fucking asshole. Um, and, uh, and I said, no, I'm really, I don't think I'm getting any air. And they said, it's fine, it's just, uh, actors. And then eventually, uh, after a bunch of takes, uh, the director said, we need to do one more take. Can you do it? And I was, they put the visor down. It fogged up. And uh, and I said, uh, I think this is going to have to be the last take. And then I fainted. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, the suit tech guys came over and checked the suit and said, oh, yeah, he wasn't getting any air. <laughs> uh. So I, I hear on these Tom Hanks space series is that uh, – Series is <laughs> – Emphasis on the zzz. Uh, that they usually do a lot of really cool training to prepare for. The, do they make you do anything really crazy? No. Well, they told us when when I first when I met with with Tom Hanks and uh, John Turltaub, who directed my episode. Uh, uh, Tom asked me if are you okay with heights? Are you okay with flying and motion? Because he said your episode we're probably going to want to shoot most of your episode in the uh, in the vomit comet. That the thing that goes up to the atmosphere. Yes, yeah, the jet when they they fly parabolic arcs, and then when you're on the downward side of the arc, you become weightless. You're in basically in free fall. Wow. And uh, so I said, "Oh, that would be amazing. I'd love to do that." Uh, but then when we got to Florida, they uh, they're like they told us, "Said, ah, uh, well, we couldn't clear it with NASA. We were going to do the vomit comet, but we couldn't get it. So uh, 
you know, we're just going to do like, you know, wires and teeter boards and all sorts of other ways to simulate weightlessness. So uh, Paul McCrane and Tom Varick and I, who we played the other astronauts, um, we were in Florida shooting this. So instead we went out and went on uh, Tower of Terror <laughs> and, and uh, experienced almost an entire half second of weightlessness. So that was our bonding on that. I'm a I'm a private pilot, not not with anything bigger than a Cessna. But uh-huh. sometimes me and my uh, my buddy like to go up really high and then just nose dive towards the earth, and everything starts to float. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, even your desire to live, <laughs> <laughs> my desire to pull out of the dive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went on a ride at a, I think it was Epcot Center in Florida. It was either Epcot Center or. Disney World, um, mm-hmm. and it was a flight simulator. And oh, yeah. And say, like, people, you know, they had a line for extreme and a line for normal, and, of course, I went to the extreme. Uh-huh. And it said, if you have motion sickness or back problems, don't go on this ride. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I like that sick feeling you get on roller coasters. Me, yeah. This was completely different, and it was probably the first time I ever felt woozy after a ride. Yeah. And there was a woman who walked out in front of me and just barfed all, <laughs> uh, like didn't even get the trash can, just over the trash can onto the ground. I was like, oh, that's pretty hardcore. But it was supposed to simulate the same feeling you have in space. Oh, I'd love to do that. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, barf over a trash can. <laughs> you haven't? No, and it's, I hear it's very slimming. <laughs> Especially after massages. Mm. Mm-hmm. I remember one of, the last, one of the last times I had a massage was in um, on tour with in San Francisco as I was uh, still married at the time and my wife and I got t- uh, two massage therapists come up to our room in the hotel to give us massages and Marcia you can tell me if this is normal uh, <laughs> and why exactly <laughs> uh I mean, uh, the guy that was massaging uh, me, uh, all he massaged was my ass. <laughs> now, I mean, literally, the, it, the entire hour. It was an hour massage, and the only thing he massaged the entire hour was my ass. Now, is that ever okay? <laughs> is that... Did you have a tight ass? I, I, well, obviously. <laughs> it's never I'm okay English. to massage, you know, for an entire hour if that's not what you want. No, no. And, well, you know, actually. <laughs> You've done this, Evan. You've done no. an entire ass well, massage. Actually, I have, but they had a serious issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they couldn't. They had a serious injury. It was like a They big really injury. liked getting their ass touched. They had an ass issue. I have, a friend of mine is a massage therapist, and she massaged Sting. And I think she spent most of that on his ass. Yeah, a lot of musicians need that because the way they're standing. Oh, I don't think it had anything to do with what he needed. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh. I think she just thought Sting had a great ass. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, work with people with injuries, and so I think this person yeah. was like a tennis player, et cetera. But it was like, you know, it was very specific. It's like, oh, yeah. I have an ass injury. Yeah. But you didn't have an ass injury. I didn't. My ass was fine. I'm, I mean, that, I, and maybe I, that's why he massaged I mean, I, it for I, an hour. Fine, I may be overstating it by saying fine. I think, you know. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I'm sorry. And then what happened with your wife? Uh, the... She got a full body massage. Oh, okay. She got yeah. She got other parts touched. Uh, but yeah, the guy yeah the guy did me was just just my ass for the entire. Mm-hmm. 
And I and I, and you know I hadn't had a lot of massages, so I didn't want to say anything. You can always say something. I didn't want to though. <laughs> you liked it. I did a little, sure. <laughs> I um, we actually had this conversation one of our first episodes about me as a woman finding it difficult to ask massage therapists to r- massage my butt or my boobs because mm-hmm. they somehow sexualize or think I'm going to sexualize it or that they'll sexualize it. Yeah. And um, so I eventually went to a... Uh, like you a find physical... that with women and men? Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter who I ask. Whatever the, who doesn't matter if it's a male or female massage therapist. They always kind of shy away from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started going to like a... a phys- sorry, so this was really good. I started going to a physical therapy place and mm-hmm. getting my massages there because it was the only place I could find that was that intense. And the first time I went, I said, can I get an hour and a half massage? I really need it. I was working out like yeah. six days a week, and they said, oh, we don't really do hour and a half. I said, you don't want my money? Mm-hmm. Okay. And they said, well, we could do two hours because that's just how we bill it. I said, all right. And the lady who massaged me said, wow, your ass really needed that. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> literally. Literally. Mm-hmm. You got your ass handed yeah. to you. I did. Yeah, your ass looked like a bag full of rolled socks. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, do you build up a lot of tension in your boobs generally? Yeah. Because <laughs> mine are usually pretty relaxed. <laughs> That's a different story. That is different from the ass. Oh, okay. No, it's just, uh, it's something that, it, like as if you're on the computer all day and your your uh, wrists might be sore. It's not the same. <laughs> you, if you type with your boobs? <laughs> that I would really kind of like to yes. see. Extra pointy. Um, yeah. No, it's just one of those things. It doesn't feel as good as if I do it as if somebody else does it. Well, obviously. So it's nice to have some. And you wonder why they it. sexualize it. <laughs> you can really dig right in there, Ariana. Okay. I'm going to put on my steel knuckle. Please. I don't feel it. I know. I got to go for the elbow. You're holding back. You make me sick. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Marcia's holding back. Are you? Uh, Don't hold back, Marcia. Do you need more pressure? Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's just my hockey machismo (laughs) kicking in. I can take it. I can take more. Punch me in the face. Although it is a good thing there's a bucket for my tears underneath this uh, headrest. The bucket of shame. Oh. It uh, really did... is a conflict trying to be funny while getting a massage. Yeah. <laughs> or speak at all. My face is uh, so squished. Uh, no. Uh. No, it's okay. Whose stupid mm. idea was this? <laughs> yeah, David. I was just going to ask you. Mm. Oh, this is great. When we started this podcast, you said you would insult your massage therapist all the time. <laughs> I know, but now people are listening. Uh-huh. But... It doesn't mean it's how you really feel about uh, it. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't cleared the dirty talk with Ariana yet. Mm-hmm. So it's Want okay. me to talk to Ariana for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ariana, what's your what's your stand on sexual harassment in the workplace? <laughs> Are you against it or? <laughs> Are you, at the very least, indifferent to it? 
<laughs> well, Ariana. Well. <laughs> you must answer. I, I you have know, to. Um, that's on a case-by-case basis. <laughs> okay, that's... You've, you've escaped that being legally binding. <laughs> uh, I love that we've been able to have that conversation seriously now. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. That's why I'm here. I'm here to do the sexual harassment seminar. <laughs> Community what service. What is bat touching? Oh, right there. Mm, that's it? Mm. Oh, <laughs> bat touching. But seriously, though, the butt massage is really good. Like, you would want to work on the all the butt muscles for back pain a lot of times. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Really but not for the entire hour. That's what I'm just saying. No, no, no. I'm just saying I think he was a Kids in the Hall fan. <laughs> Quite possible. Yeah, and yes, he was. De- well, he was definitely gay. I know that. Do you, do people ask you? I'm, I'm sure this question's. If been I'm asked. gay. Yeah, are you gay? Oh, all the time. People think I'm gay. Um, I'm not though. I've always wondered, and I'm sure you've had to answer this a bunch though. Uh, just you know, I know that you met Kevin McDonald in my research for the show. I I, I read that you guys worked at Art House Theater together. Yeah. And then he started. And that sounded a gay to you. <laughs> I just wanted to know what kind Damn, of David. what kind of art house it was. <laughs> so close minded. Yeah. But uh, no, but like with, it was with, the Mineshaft Cinemas. Because I, I, re- <laughs> I remember it being like one of the first things Shaft. I ever saw Lauren Michaels' name on that wasn't Saturday Night Live, and I was wondering how that sort of came together and how the experiences sort of, uh, you know, swept you guys along. Oh uh, well, it was yeah well yeah I met Kevin and we yeah we sort of formed the first version of the Kids in the Hall in uh, Toronto. And then uh, after uh, a while, we merged with this other group from Calgary that Mark and Bruce were in. And then uh, Scott came in a little later, and a bunch of guys dropped out. And then we we started doing our own like club show, like this sort of punk rock bar in Toronto, back in the uh, early '80s. And uh, it became like this big thing in Toronto. Like we just you know eventually we had like lineups around the block for like starting at around like five o'clock in the afternoon for a ten o'clock show. And uh, and so that word got down to New York about us, to Lauren. So he sent Al Franken and Tom Davis up to uh, audition us for Saturday Night Live. Wow. And then they hired Mark and Bruce when, as writers. When, when, when was this sort of happening? This was 85, the year that Lauren oh. came back to Saturday Night Live after being away for five years. Okay. So in 85, Lauren came back to Saturday Night Live and was replacing the entire cast. Because the year before that was year with like Marty Short and Harry Shearer and Chris Guest and you know um, yeah no one good there yeah and Billy Crystal and <laughs> uh, I guess Julia Louis Dreyfus was still there and uh, yeah but and but he was uh, so he was going to get a whole new cast together and he hired Mark and Bruce as uh, as writers that year and then during the year they kept coming back on all their breaks and we would do shows keep doing shows in Toronto. And all of, uh, like, guys like Marty Short and Catherine O'Hara and uh, Dave Thomas used to all come down to see our shows at the Rivoli. And they would call Lorne up and say, you really have to see these guys together. And so at the end of the season, Lorne flew up and saw us do one of our shows. And then he decided that he didn't want to take any of us to Saturday Night Live, that he wanted to give us our own show instead. That he didn't want to, he didn't want to break the group up. Wow. So uh, that's yeah. that's not something he normally does. No, and it was entirely his call because we would have totally broken up, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> and never thought twice about it. Um, 
But yeah, Lauren just uh, he thought the group was something. He thought there was something special about the group, and and didn't want didn't want to break it up as a as a comedy fan. What a good move, because yeah. like you know, a lot of his writers and his talent you know come from their own groups, and it's yeah. not something that yeah. normally doesn't happen. No, no, quite the just, opposite. Yeah, he just decided that it wasn't. You know, I mean, I think a lot of times you see a group and you'll go, "Oh yeah, there's really only two people in that group that are ever really going to make it." You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so that I think you sort of go, well, yeah, there's no, you know, but I think when he saw us, he realized that, that it was, a, you know, a real five way, complete equal partnership. Now, when it came on, I was still very young. So I always just, you know, would, would watch it late at night and laugh my ass off. But I, I didn't, it wasn't really a part of the zeitgeist. Was it, did it catch on pretty quickly or did you have to fight for it? Or? It was, I mean, it never was huge. I mean, it was always a cult thing. I mean, we, we had about the same, I guess, percentage of the population watching in Canada as in the U.S., which was like a small percentage of the population, you know. Um, and uh, so we were never a huge hit, but we were just, but the people that liked us really liked us and were obsessed about it, you know, and, and most, and like people in the comedy community liked it and people in music, like any band that was touring had tapes of us on their buses. Yeah. So whenever any bands that would come through Toronto, we'd always get invited out to see shows, you know. Yeah, for a while, you could do really for for years was just tape things off the TV and pass yeah. them around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we you couldn't had, just like, go to the store because no one's show was on full season. Yeah, release. And we had like Nirvana would come to Toronto and they would invite us to come see them. You know, dude, <laughs> did you get to hang with Kurt Cobain? I didn't. Scott did. Oh. we went to see them at Maple Leaf Gardens. They invited us, and uh, we got separated on our way backstage. Oh no! And Kevin and I got stopped not Epic. by Nirvana security. But by Maple Leaf Garden security, <laughs> oh. the guys that work the hockey games. Oh. And they're like old Scottish men who just hated everything about Nirvana being there. And it was like the meat puppets, I think, opened for them. And then it was like, and so they wouldn't let us through. And we kept saying, well, where are the kids in the hall? And they go, oh, I don't care who you are. You know, you know you've got to get out. And we said, yeah, but the, the band is expecting us backstage. We have passes. And they just wouldn't listen. So they threw uh, Kevin and I out. But Scott got back. And actually spent the whole night hanging out with Kurt and the guys and <laughs> exchanged phone numbers and everything. That's so fucking yeah. cool. And in fact, they were all going to come see us when we were on tour after that in, uh, when we got to Seattle. Uh, but Scott kept forgetting to call Kurt to tell him where the show was <laughs> until we were in Winnipeg. And this is why you broke up the group. And this was, yeah. We were, <laughs> yeah. Well, we were in Winnipeg. We said, well, we're going to, we're going to Seattle tomorrow, Scott. You better call... Kurt and tell them where the where the guys should come meet us, you know where to get you know, and um, and that was the day that the news came out that Kurt had killed himself. Whoa! Yeah, That's so sad. we blame Scott. Uh, <laughs> that fucker. I Kurt was just there going, well, if Thompson doesn't call today, he's never allowed on the show. Yeah. Oh. But and we then, were in, so we wound up being in Seattle for the vigil. Yeah. Wow. Which was uh, pretty, very emotional. Was very, was, you know. But you and Kevin are still like fucking Scottish guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those fuckers. Yeah, but I've met all the other guys since then. Yeah. You know, hung out with Dave Grohl quite a bit over the years. Another obvious question that people probably ask you every day. This is the best kind of interview when you get all the obvious questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you guys ever planning on doing a feature again? Uh, we talk about it. Uh, the rest of the industry doesn't talk about it, um, but we talk about it. We, we, I mean, we did a miniseries in Canada a few years back 
called Death Comes to Town. Yes. And we had a really good time doing that. I watched that. You did? Yes. Oh, not many people did. Well, you know. And um, Free time. So we, so we did that, and, and we've been doing these live shows. We're, we're getting together and writing a lot of new material uh, of the last few years. And um, so we were talking about maybe trying to do a movie down the road or uh, maybe another miniseries because that was a, a fun experience for us. Do you prefer one or one over the other, like miniseries or a television show versus film? Well, miniseries was great for for the kids in the hall because we knew it would end, and that made it a lot easier to like each other. Yeah, uh, you know, just no, that's true. I totally understand. Do you guys have like uh, <laughs> certain things you won't do it for? Like, would you? Does it have to be with a studio, or would you do it as an indie film? And, I think and accept I think those we had barriers? such a shitty experience with Paramount. I think yeah. that we would. I don't think we'd ever want to do another studio film. I think we'd there's so much do. freedom with an independent. Uh, yeah. Set up, but there's also you know a lot less money as far as what you get to play with. Yeah, but like like Paramount like got mad at us because we insisted on having Cancer Boy in the movie, and so they pulled our advertising budget and wow. and basically buried the movie, so no one knew it was out when it was released. Um, but it's comedy. I know, I know, <sighs> and none of those execs can be held accountable today. No, but they like they literally they deliberately buried the movie, you know. Um, because they were mad at us, um, and they were they were also just like very like interfered a lot with like, you know, we're used to being able to change everything on the fly when we're working. Yeah, like as we're like as we're shooting, we're used to just being able to rewrite stuff as we're going, uh, all the time. And Paramount would get very uptight about that. They would want you know everything shot exactly as it was scripted and approved of. Yeah. So it was, you know, much, you know, we thought film would be less restrictive than, than television, but it turned out to be, uh, you know, many more constraints and much more censorship. Huh. Interesting. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. What was the biggest fight or, or sort of struggle you had with any sort of material on TV? Uh, biggest fight? Uh, there was a sketch that Scott did where he played a closeted gay actor who wouldn't admit he was gay. Uh, right up to the point where he actually dies of AIDS, and when people are at his funeral, people are going up by the funeral and going, "Oh, I hear he died of AIDS," and his corpse would then go, "No, it was cancer." <laughs> and, uh, it's genius. Yeah, and it's uh, genius. Yeah, and uh, CBS wouldn't wouldn't air that. They refused to air that. Uh. And I had a few sketches. That were, that <laughs> you got to shoot it at least. Yeah, we shot it. Yeah, yeah. I think it aired in Canada. But uh, then I had a sketch called, um, you know, the Dr. Seuss Bible that didn't air <laughs> in, in the U.S. <laughs> and uh, I had another one called Christ Was a Bad Carpenter. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, a few things were censored. The weirdest thing was we had, in our very last episode of the show, we did a, Kevin and I wrote a bit called Things We Couldn't Do on TV that was, you know, basically it was us complaining about stuff that got censored. Uh, but the premise of the sketches, that the sketches that were censored obviously should have been. And one of the fake sketches that we wrote for was a sketch called uh, Hitler Fucks a Dead Donkey. <laughs> and we submitted this to the network and the, it came back from the CBC censors in Canada. And the note was, Hitler can fuck the donkey, 
but the donkey has to be alive. No way! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so we changed it to Hitler fucks a, a pet donkey. And well, well, a young boy is watching, going, "Daddy, what's that bad man doing to my pet donkey?" <laughs> so to me, it was like ten times worse. Yeah. <laughs> but that was that was the that was the note from the network. He, he can Hitler can fuck the donkey, but the donkey has to be alive. Have you guys uh, ever uh, floated the idea of relaunching the series? Uh, no. <laughs> 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 that would be horrifying. It would be. I mean, I don't know. I think. I think we're too old to do it. You know. Um, I, I think doing miniseries is good, but I think uh, the workload that we took on on, on Kids in the Hall because we wrote the show and we, you know, we kind of produced it. We were all involved with pre-production and post-production, and you know, some of us directed pieces, and it was just, you know, it was just. I don't think. I don't. I don't know if. Any of us are up for doing working that yeah. hard at our age. Yeah, it is a brutal, brutal process. Yeah, I have a question. Okay, um, and it just sort of came to me. I I haven't really done any comedic roles. I think Entourage was the closest I got, but I I still played f- pretty straight. Uh-huh. Um, have you ever worked with the director um, who sort of tried to change your tone or your performance um oh yeah playing a comedic role where you know and you felt inside like this is right or you know especially if you're writing this stuff like you know the performance is right but they're trying to change it to fit something else oh my god yeah that happens all the time especially when you're doing like guest guest roles on shows you know um where you know I'll have a you know a director will come up and sort of say, you know, what if you did it more like this? Yeah. And I, you know, and in my head I'd be going, oh, you mean more like the most obvious way to do it? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I could do that, but but how about I pretend to pay attention to you and do it my way anyway? Because <laughs> that was my second question: is how do you deal with that? <laughs> you know, mostly you just try and you know, if 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 they ask you to do something that I think is really wrong, you know, I'll usually just keep acting like I tried to do it. Yeah. Um, that's one way. It's good. You know. Good. Oh, I didn't do it that time. Yeah. I said, oh, I thought that's what you meant. Um, but usually, if it's a you know, if it's a good director and it's just a, something different than I thought, I'll try it. Um, but only if it's like a really terrible director, will I just flat out, you know, ignore him and do what I want. Yeah. But there are a lot of those directors. Well, because Entourage was the first thing I ever did where. Uh, I worked with so many different people, you know, in terms of, in terms of directors, you're, it was never consistent. Yeah. No. And that's the thing with TV. And and I don't know if it's the same with like single camera shows so much, but with multi-camera shows, you can really get some very, very, uh, bad directors, or at least you used to get a lot of really bad directors. Um, and you really had to, like when we, when we did news radio, Jimmy Burroughs directed the first, uh, like seven episodes. And when he worked with us, he sort of said, my goal is to make you guys director-proof. Because he said, when I leave, you're going to meet a lot of horrible directors. Oh, wow. And so I want you guys to know your characters and know how to stand your ground and, you know, protect yourselves. So yeah. you don't come off looking schizophrenic in yeah. each episode? Yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, that's why often on television you will see 
the first few episodes directed by um, one person. Uh, and they, I feel like lately in the past few years, they've been trying to raise the caliber of what kind of directors they get on TV. I think TV's I think so people are realizing now. it's important. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I think back in the nineties, a lot of times directors were just sort of seen as whipping boys for the uh, showrunner. Uh, um, okay. And they weren't given a lot of real creative input. I think there's a lot of really good directors in TV now who I think get a little more or get more respect and get uh, you know and get uh, a little more uh, input on the shows. Yeah, definitely. Like yeah. with True Detective, though, it's it's written and directed by the same two guys every entire episode. Yeah, which is why it has a such a great consistent vision. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the best way to do it. I mean, I mean, we had we had a bunch of directors in our first season after Jimmy left, and then eventually we settled into a, a guy Tom Sharonis came in who used to direct Seinfeld, and he directed almost all of the episodes for the last like few years. Okay, you know, except for like occasionally. I mean, I directed one and. And our uh, camera coordinator, director, our, direct, our director of photography. So it was all like people in house. Yeah. Got to direct episodes, but mostly Tom kind of just ran the show, you know, from the directing standpoint. Finally, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting. How long did I have to hint about it? <laughs> you went at the whole hour, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know what the hell you were doing with my back. <laughs> Some kind of weird back fetish. (laughs) Collect yourself, Marcia. (laughs) You have a job to do. You're on my ass right now. Okay, relax your glutes. I'm trying. But I I want you to think they're firm. (laughs) Try not to fight the massage. I'm trying. When people flex, you know. Do people flex while you massage? Sometimes people flex. Like, like first-timers, a lot of times, guys, you know, they'll come into the spa or something, and they'll they'll try to flex when you're working on a muscle, and you're like, no, 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 just no relax. Way. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're like, you know. Oh, I am relaxed. <laughs> I relax while doing isometric exercises. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine used to do massages at Billy's Topless in New York. <laughs> and she said, yeah, the guys were constantly flexing their arms and their chests and... It's so true. Sometimes I'll go to like uh, flash dancers in New York and everyone's getting lap dances and they have like two people who go around going like, can I rub your shoulders? And I'm like, I'll take the massage every time. <laughs> you guys all. I have actually witnessed David do this in a strip club. <laughs> we were like, David, what, what is he doing? We're all making fun of him. I'm like, like what? I'd rather have my shoulders rubbed right now. <laughs> Not getting a happy ending either way. Might as well get the massage. Yeah, I know. It's like either well, way. You should go to a strip club in North Carolina. My shoulders are still tight <laughs> after the lap dance. <laughs> I went to a strip club. I think it was in North Carolina when I was out doing stand up, and the it was like the, the manager of the club called over and said, "Oh, that, the manager of this bar will you know will take care of you." And basically walked in. And he said, "Dad, don't let these girls nickel and dime you. You pay five hundred dollars for a private room. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, you can't. Whoa. You can't kill them. Oh. You can't. Oh my no god! <laughs> That's awesome. And North said, Carolina. Yeah, and I said, "Hey, Bible Belt man, um, I'm just gonna let them nickel and dime me if that's all the same <laughs> to you." <laughs> <laughs> No cannibalism, please. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know. I thought, we're, I'm in the South. What the hell is going on? They should be allowed to fillet them. 
I'm used to L.A. strip bars where you sit on your hands and try not to smile. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Uh, well, tightness in there. Is there, yeah. All over. I'm a mess. I have two ex-wives. Can you feel them? Oh, God. <laughs> in, in general, how am I doing, Marcia? You're not so bad. I'm not too bad. Good. No. You're not her favorite. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. So, Dave, you have a new, another new show you're working I'm on. Doing, yeah, I'm doing a show in Canada. A sitcom in Canada called Spun Out. CTV? Yeah, for CTV. Good network. Yeah. Are you Canadian? No, but I've spent time up there. Oh. Um, yeah, doing it for CTV up there. And uh, we just got picked up for second season, so I'm going to be heading up there in cool in uh, September uh, to start you know, doing some writing and getting ready. And then I'm also doing uh, – have a – a recurring role on uh, the new Odd Couple series. For what? Oh, I didn't know they were bringing this back. Holy they are. Crap. With Matthew Perry is Oscar, and <laughs> Thomas Lennon is Felix. What? Oh, that's interesting pairing. Yeah, and it was really fun. We had like Gary Marshall was around on set while we were making it. Yeah. Uh, wow. So that was which was really cool to get to sort of hang out with Gary Marshall a bit. How bizarre. But the pilot went really well, so we're uh, yeah. So I'm going to be recurring in that. What's your What's your role on that? I'm not really. Sh- I'm one of the poker guys. In the, <laughs> I don't in know. The, the director pilot, was, was horrible. In the pilot, I was one of the guys at the poker game. Got it. Uh, Matt tells me I'm his manager. Uh, Got it. So when I come back, that'll be like uh, my character will be uh, Oscar's uh, uh, sort of manager. How the hell can us Americans see spun out? Um. Uh, you can download it illegally. <laughs> so far, that's the only way. Damn. Uh, yeah, that's that's the only way I know of. Um, we haven't gotten it's not sold in any U.S. markets yet. That sucks. So I know they're they're talking about it. It may it may get sold. Maybe after Hopefully. this second season is done. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Might yeah. have to illegally download it. But it's a yeah, it's a fun show, and it's a it's a multicam sitcom. It's like, like sort of like news radio. If you weren't filming this show now, would you go? Do you travel back to Canada <sighs> a lot? Uh, not much, because usually if I don't have a job in Canada that pays enough money, my ex-wife there will have me thrown in jail. <laughs> <laughs> so that 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 limits the number of times I'll go there. Damn. You know, if I can't if I can't afford to pay her her seventeen thousand seven hundred dollars a month, then I then I don't go to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Any advice for people to avoid those situations? Avoid those situations. That would be my, <laughs> um, don't, if you can avoid getting married, do that. And if you are going to get married, don't marry someone with borderline personality disorder. Oh. But it's a good thing. With, with this show, though, I can go up you know, and hang out with my kids and that sort of thing. How old are your kids, if you don't mind me asking? My kids up there are uh, 22 and 19. Oh, cool. And oh, I have, so a, can and finally I have an 11-year-old party. daughter here. You can finally party with your kids? Huh? You can finally party with your kids. Yeah, except they're really nerdy. Um, <laughs> That's a shame. I know. You tried. That's a shame. Yeah. You tried. Yeah. It's actually fun. My 19-year-old is actually coming down to L.A. next week and hanging out for a week. Oh, fun. So that'll be fun. He's coming with his, uh, with his girlfriend. I feel like every time I have guests in L.A., they're a little disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because it's it's so a terrible it? city to visit, really. It is because it's you know, 
Because it's not welcoming. There's, you know, everything is so spread out and and you're not really going to see anything unless you're, like, really involved. Yeah. It is a weird place. You have to step outside and find something to do. Yeah. You have to know where you're going and have people to meet and, and, and book it. It's like producing a movie. Yeah. That's kind of why I like living downtown is because you can just go outside and wander around, which is different. Like, I, you know, you can just leave your apartment and find something to do. Yeah. Uh, which, you, you know, without getting in a car, which is nice. I find people are always disappointed by the beach. The beach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's dirty. And it's cold. It's freezing cold. Yeah. All right, sir, would you like to turn over? Yeah. This is the part of the show where we start flipping over. Mm -hmm. As soon as I'm instructed. Oh, and so while I'm over here, area, mm -hmm. my thighs and my and my shins definitely. Oh yeah. Uh, do you know how like rappers fought in the '90s from different Turn groups? And make sure your head is on the table, so scoop down. Dave, did you and other comedy troops ever fight with each other like Tupac did with? Was it Biggie? Oh uh, <laughs> God. Tupac and Biggie. Yeah, I think it was Biggie, white man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There was a well, the two once. the two parks and the biggies. <laughs> they had the, they had their rivalries, did they not? They were they had quite the antagonistic relationship, I believe. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah. I didn't want anyone to know I was white. Yeah. I don't know. There was that many. Not like I mean, I think there was like competition. Um, you know, uh, but not a lot of. I don't think there's like any real rivalries in comedy that I know of. I mean, you know, other, other than like uh, everyone hating what's his name uh, for a while. Jim Carrey, huh? Carlos Mencia. Carlos Mencia, yeah. Everyone yeah. hated Carlos Mencia, and 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 Dane Cook too. Dane Cook. Yeah, Joe Rogan's Carlos Carlos Mencia thing was right. pretty fantastic. <laughs> Joe's a pretty, uh, you know, he's a guy with a lot of integrity. Yeah. Doesn't like people that don't have any. That's true. What's what's I don't know that story. What's the story? Oh well, that? Carlos Mencia walked into a bar. <laughs> and walked out with somebody's act. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no! Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. What? Yeah, he was famous for st stealing bits. Oh, I have a foot cramp oh, no. in this foot. Which one? Wow. This, this one? Okay. <laughs> Emergency. Foot cramp. Usually I, get up, usually I get up and walk on it, but that would be indelicate right now. Indelicate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he would, uh, so Joe Rogan uh, called him out on it. Yeah, Joe Rogan and... Um, George Lopez? George Lopez. George Lopez. Yeah, he and George Lopez both confronted him on stage one night <gasps> together. Wow. Yeah. I haven't seen much of Carlos Mencia around. No, that is nice. Yeah. There's a reason for that. He's a, and he's, he's a terrible comic. How many, like on a good day, well, I don't know if you guys if, would consider it a good day or a bad day, but on a good day, how many massages would you give on a busy day? I think it depends on the um, type of you have some people want an hour some people want two and also so you do two hours mm -hmm. like those assholes who balked at an hour and a half <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i mainly do two hours mm -hmm. wow it's more time yeah it's nice to i mean one hour seems to go by so fast yeah mm -hmm. so it's just like a tune-up did you ever mm -hmm. see that movie? This hour's taking forever. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sorry. 
<laughs> Did you ever see that movie Full Body Massage? What? No. no. What? With Mimi, Mimi Rogers and uh, uh, what's uh, what's his name? Brian, uh, the guy who starred in that movie uh, FX. Essentially, the entire movie was Mimi Rogers uh, getting her. Get, she got her boobs rubbed. Yeah. Um, Brian Brown. Brian Brown. That's it. Yeah. Wait, he's Australian. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I like that guy. Yeah. Australians massage boobs. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why they call it down under. Mm, mm. Down under. I don't think you know where boobs are. I'm gonna just <laughs> when we're done here, let's just have a, a quiet talk. <laughs> uh. Other than that, you generally date very old women. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, do. So, uh, how do people stay in touch with you, Dave? Are you on social media? Uh, I am. I'm on the, uh, the Twitter. Okay. I, uh, I'm uh, at Dave S. Foley. Uh, Dave capitalized, S capitalized, Foley capitalized. Just the F, just the first letter. Instagram, uh, anything else? Inst- I don't do Instagram um, uh, or anything else. I have a Facebook page that I never check, so that's a good place to check in with me. Because <laughs> um, it got hacked, and a, and a guy used it to try and sell like get rich at home schemes, <laughs> pretending to be me, and then he let in like thousands of people. So now it's a very bloated uh, Facebook page. Um, but um, yeah, Twitter's that's the main one. Twitter. Right. That yeah, that or you could just hang out outside my apartment. Uh, downtown LA. Yeah, yeah. And then Sasha, uh, where are you? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud. At Sasha Gray. All at Sasha Gray. Uh, I'm at David Guy Levy at Instagram and Twitter. We are at Deep Tissues on Twitter and we have a Facebook page and Instagram. Dave, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you guys. This has been this has been fun. Don't yeah. forget to hydrate. I'm getting an ass cramp. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the show. And then we'll just stay here until they're done. We don't want to get the bends. <laughs> we want to get the bends. <laughs> right. <laughs>